Welcome to the Local Soccer TV podcast, and this week we're going to be profiling Tallahassee SC, which is a local adult amateur club in Tallahassee, Florida. Kicked their first ball in 2019, really kind of came together in 2017 and 2018. Played in the Gulf Coast League and now plays in the NPSL's Gulf Coast Conference. We're sitting down with club president and founder, Chris Petley, today. So, Chris, you founded Tallahassee SC after, uh, which is a labor of love, after years and years of being involved in soccer. uh, And uh, it's been a hit. It's been an absolute sensation in town. You know, yeah, man, I think uh, uh, four years ago, we, we began to put this thing together um, like you said, it's been a labor of love. There's no one in our organization that makes any money on this. It's all run by volunteers, and we wanted to create something unique to our city, um, a community club run by volunteers that features local players playing at the highest level they can. And we wanted to make an experience for our fans to come out and cheer on their neighbors and their friends. And I think to this point, it's been it's been really, really cool, and we've we've had some good success on and off the field. And we look forward to uh, 2022 to try to take it to even the, the next level. Tell us a little bit about Tallahassee as a market. It's a market I'm very familiar with. And I, I let's let's say Tallahassee is a city. Uh, forget the term market. That's that's a very kind of closely term. But uh, Tallahassee is a city. I, I had seen my own experiences being back and forth from there. 2009, uh, during the legislative session, I would want to run out and watch Premier League matches or Champions League matches. I couldn't get them on television in Tallahassee. No one knew what I was talking about uh, other than that one pub, uh, Finnegan's Arms, right? Is Finnegan's that what it's called? Wake, yeah, 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 in uh, in Midtown. But with that exception, you couldn't watch soccer anywhere. By 2013, 2014, I- I'd be wearing a-, a soccer kit or any sign of soccer shirt. People would be stopping me, ta- wanting to talk about the game. Hey, did you see the the Spurs Liverpool match and-, and 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 things like that? So there was a there was a soccer culture that took off in a very short period of time, um, and I think a lot of it probably revolved around the college. Yeah, you know, I think it's probably multiple reasons, right? This conversation could go on for a while, but I think Tallahassee is similar to a lot of American cities where it's just that complete intersection of FIFA, the video game, the youth, um, as well as just games being broadcast, right? I mean, all the deals that were struck by NBC and Fox and and, and being able to watch these teams in your house and at the bars and then uh, having the young folks playing it that will come to, to town, but... You know, it's always been the sport has always been the number one youth sport up until the age of 13. So you you have families that are growing that were growing up in every weekend playing the game, and then you add in the ability to watch, and then the the growth of MLS um, with Orlando and Atlanta both being within four hours. And there was just a big brew that was spinning there. Um, and we've had some success here locally with our high school teams as, as that culture was, was growing, like you said, through 2009 and on. Uh, Leon High School was successful. McClay High School won a state championship. Childs High School went to the finals and won a state championship. So all of this going on in addition to probably, I don't want to say underrated, but, but really the guy does not get anywhere near the credit he needs to get, but in addition to the FSU women's program here in town. 
Yes. You know, they're, they're attracting 3,000-plus fans to their games, and they've won three national titles under Coach K. Uh, and it's just unbelievable what he's done there. So you had all this kind of, like I said, a brew, uh, just uh, everything in the ether here in Tallahassee, and we we tried to strike a chord to to add on to that culture and create a club and and it's it's been pretty cool but the tallahassee in itself uh 250 or so thousand people in leon county tallahassee but we've got a big broad area where we basically are an island um when you look at the geography uh everything else around us is very rural we've got maybe 11 or 12 counties that that you get between here panama city pensacola gainesville jacksonville those are the big nodes and in between that this very very sparse population but we seem to think that we can maybe grow into attracting folks um throughout that area because even in our uh our profile of our city we attract folks from thomasville georgia and bainbridge georgia and cairo georgia uh these are just 30 or so miles away from us we've got players that play on our team that live in georgia we have some players that started out that lived in valdosta georgia which is basically an hour and 45 minutes away and they would drive in for practice practice and drive home um so you know we we tend to think that this is a great great place to to build a a franchise and and try to tap into what's unique about our community which is um the culture uh it's 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 the number one most educated place in the state of florida uh we've got famu here florida state here tallahassee community college flagler has a campus here the capital of course um so again there's just a it's there's a lot of really good things going on and we just hope to to add to that yeah and uh, for those who don't know out there coach k uh, under Coach K, uh, Mark Flo- Kikorian, sorry. Yeah, under Mark Kikorian, uh, who, who we call Coach K, uh, Florida State has won three national titles. They've been to seven college cups. I have to update this every year, Chris. That's the wonderful thing. Uh, three three national titles, seven college cups, and I believe it's now nine ACC titles. I think it's nine now. So that is an unparalleled record. You and I are both UF guys, right? And uh, uh, we, we sit with some envy towards Florida State. But I have to tell you, I've embraced – not only the fact that we have a successful team, college team in Florida, uh, redefining uh, the sport in the state, but I think under Coach Kokorian, Florida State has become the model of how to play the game. Uh, I, I mean, the football is much crisper and better than what you see at the college level, in my opinion. And, and uh, obviously, the results bear that out as well. So that culture uh, has spread uh, to, to all these different other, other elements. Uh, with Tallahassee SC, uh, take us through the, the the building process and how you make the decision 2017, you want to do this, and, and that's after uh, a decade or more of being involved in the sport, uh, uh, Chris. What what were the building blocks like before you kicked that first ball in 2019? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was almost a two-year process to, of a buildup. I think I made uh, no bones about it. I read uh, Dennis Crowley's, what I call the Bible of starting yeah. a local team, and Essentially, it left you with the question, why not us? Uh, I read that, and I sent a text around to a, a, a bunch of my friends. You know, we all got these texts changed with your best buddies, and I, and I said the same thing, why not us? And basically, everyone on that chain were like, oh, you're silly, that's just crazy. But one guy said, yeah, why not us? And I took that and essentially spent uh, 10 months waiting for someone to say no. I met with elected officials, I met with business leaders, I met with soccer folks, and I just kept telling them what the idea was to build a nonprofit, community-run, no-ego soccer team in town 
and I never got that no. You know, so I just kept pushing and kept meeting, and before you know it, we uh, we held an event and, and announced ourselves to the community, and we had 150 people on a 96-degree Wednesday night, and I knew we were on to something. And then we uh, held some tryouts and put our team together, and I tend to tell people it was magic. We made the playoffs, we had the <laughs> coach of the year, we had uh, a couple players on the best team in the league. Um, it was just magic, and, and, and we just continue to build on that. Um, like everyone else, COVID came through and, and canceled our second season, but um, we, we, we just continue to move forward. Your membership model, uh, take us through that, because that's another thing that got a lot of people excited who had ties uh, to Tallahassee, people who had gone to Florida State or gone to, to Florida A&M uh, that have moved on living in Miami now or Tampa or wherever or other parts of the country got really excited by your membership model and the swag uh, that you gave with that membership yeah, no, I appreciate that. So, you know, our club is, and I've said it probably four times now already in this short time span, you know, we no one makes any money, but we need to fund the club. And, and the way we do that is primarily through our memberships. So we sell memberships that uh, you get a scarf or a shirt, you get season tickets, you get other various activities um, throughout the year, access to our players, access to the coach, different events. But then also our members vote for a representative to be on our board of directors um, so that they have a, a complete say in everything we do. Uh, if you, you're a member, so you get all my emails um, and, and, you know, we're constantly asking folks, uh, our members, you know, about the direction of our club. What what should we do with our uniforms? We, we just this last year, we started a U19 team, but we did not do that without first talking to our over 200 members last year and getting feedback and getting input on the direction because, again, this is a community club and it's only going to go so far as the folks involved in it. And we're really thrilled to, to try to keep getting more folks involved. And it's, it's, not, it's not a lot of money, but it all adds up and helps us support this team financially, but also the lifeblood of the club because they are the club. Our members are the club. So tell us about the the process by which you got a lot of community leaders and elected officials involved, because uh, you see elected officials and community leaders repping Tallahassee SC all the time, which I think is so key for a local community club. Yeah, I think it's because, and, and this is just my opinion, but when you when you when we're able to approach people in the community to tell them that that they're going to be local players that are playing that these are guys that uh grew up here played high school here have moved here to start a family or got a job uh, are going to school here i think that strikes a chord in, in why those folks are out trying to be servants leaders then when you tell them that we are just trying to get together to support that dream that process and no one's making money you know, I think that's a vital, a vital key to this whole thing is that this is not um, a rich owner. This is not some some conglomerate that's coming to town to start a franchise. This is uniquely a, a community driven team that pulls together resources to support um, our homegrown talent. Uh, and, and they buy into that because. They also see with their children and their family members how how they come to the games and and it's not just about the players on the field right it's about creating a community in the fan in the, in the stands and that's what I think also resonates with people because you know I'll I'll tell you the the example of we were one of the first organizations here locally to have anything um, any type of event when we were coming out of COVID back in in in. Uh, 
May. Uh, we, we typically have a lot of community events here in Tallahassee. We have parades, we have festivals. All of that was canceled. We were, we were the first thing to happen. And there was 1,100 people that turned out to our, our game. And I'll tell you, I don't think many of them watched the game. They were just <laughs> catching up with their friends and their families and, and, and being out and seeing each other. And that's what our, our games are about, is that sense of community in the stands and on the field. And, and, and we're going to continue to, to build upon that. Yeah, and uh, I know Tallahassee is a festival town, especially in the spring, culminating with springtime Tallahassee and all of the all of the events on the chain of parks, on park and uh, art stuff. So I, I can imagine uh, what it's like to go March, April without anything uh, public going on in Tallahassee. It's a town that's especially um, into that stuff. So uh, that 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 is just amazing. I. When you guys uh, started, you obviously looked at leagues that that fit you uh, and, and geography, and and uh, that was a decision making process. I guess every local independent club has to go through. Yeah, I mean, in our first year out, um, we joined the Gulf Coast Premier League, um, and like you said, it was entirely driven by geography. Uh, the the largest bulk of our budget every year is on travel. Uh, again, because the closest competition we have had in the past was three to four hours away. Uh, and, and the Gulf Coast that first year um, had teams in Pensacola, Mobile, uh, Foley, Alabama. They had the, these teams that were in that geography just along I-10, and it was, it was relatively easy for us to go without having to have many overnight trips because, again, that, the travel is what um, essentially eats up all of our budget. And... and Shortly after that season was over, uh, a group of teams changed leagues, and we really had no ch- no other choice but to follow them because without that, we would have to drive, I don't know, to you, right, six and yeah. a half hours and play some teams down there, and that, that would really um, be, a, be a hard task not only for our players on their bodies but, again, on the budget. So we, we relocated with them into the National Premier Soccer League, um, and, and but I'll tell you that it's really driven by geography and i think wherever they go if if not that there's been any conversation but um you're really dependent on these other organizations that have the same vision and and that's why i I call all the the club runners you know my friends because i'm in constant communication with them to make sure that we are all on the same vision that we're trying to build something together um because we're really um, have a symbiotic relationship, in my opinion, because of the travel and the geography. It's not like we're in these large metropolitan areas where you have these teams that are 30 minutes away or, you know, an hour. Sometimes I actually am jealous of Pensacola or Mobile because they, they can just drive to each other um, and drive home. But um, it, it's, it's difficult at this level uh, to, to try to organize the travel and take care of everything. And obviously leagues get in the way. I mean, I think about how close Tormenta FC is to you guys, and they're in US, they've always been in a USL league. So uh, if there were a team in Statesboro in a league that was accessible to you, then it would be it would be easier. But sometimes that gets in the way. Uh, speaking of of, of uh, Statesboro College Towns, yeah, you built something unbelievable in a college town. What's the key to getting students involved and students out to games? You know, it's actually, it, I, I don't want to go against your premise, but, you know, our our supporter, our supporters are families. Oh, you know, okay. We, we take place, uh, our season takes place during the summer when the students aren't even here. Um, so we, we've 
we we've built this thing without really the the student population and and that kind of wanes on us too because we have interns and volunteers but they're always taking off and and basically the middle of may um, when our season's getting ramped up um so but i think it's important as far as the culture and as far as uh the fan experience especially in the south now i'm biased because like you said i went to the university of florida and then now i'm here but there's something about being in a, a southern city um that has a, a huge college football uh presence because i think you get the fans to 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 build a culture and then it spawns our supporters group the old fields battalion that's a good uh shout out to them um but but the people you know they they know what they want by watching things on tv or going to these large stadiums they want to replicate that um on our level so i think it and again having the fsu women's program again um, all that just it, it, it stirs up the culture and I think that's vital um, especially these southern college towns I think any one of these should have teams uh, and continue to build uh, these these associated organizations so the last question is you guys as you mentioned had gotten have gotten lots of uh, families out to your game uh, games over the summer, which is sometimes a difficult thing to do. I mean, I, I, I've, I've found a lot of independent clubs who say the summer is the worst time to play because uh, students are out and uh, youth soccer is done and families don't come out to games unless it's with a youth soccer club. But you, you guys have defied that and, and have been very successful. Uh, explain that to us. Yeah, again, I think it's a combination. I think you have to go – we have a, a thriving young professional's uh, kind of age demographic here in Tallahassee. So we, we try to make sure those folks feel like they can come out to the games and be a part of it and have this, the smoke bombs and the drums and, and the culture that they want to be a part of. But we also really want to ensure that the families have something to do. Now, it's going to be different every week, uh, again, because summer is when these families travel and there's, there's other things going on and ba- travel baseball and travel other youth organizations. But... You hit if you hit enough folks and you feel them and have have them feel and actually not just feel actually have them involved in something. There's kind of this uh, you know joint ownership. Everyone has ownership. It's on everyone to, to to build this thing together, and that that thread is is woven throughout kind of what we're building. So I mean I get it. I, I would understand that it's hard. It is the summer. Sometimes it's really hot. Um, our stadium actually puts our our fans in the shade, which is is really helpful for us because you know it gets super hot everywhere. I'm sure, um, but we just have to focus on expanding to even more people. Um, you know, because we're still in, in that 1,100, 1,200 fans a game. Um, that's not an average. That's our max. Uh, we're probably average north of 700, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be in the 3,000 number. But that just takes time to build and more people to learn about us and 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 to continue to expand and and that'll help us be self-sustaining. I think I know you said it was the last question and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I just want to make the point that our club is a little different in that you know we don't have a youth academy. I think a lot of teams that are similar to us around the country they basically start from having that youth yes. soccer organization. Absolutely, they put, yeah, they and then they build out. On yeah, top of that. yeah. Um, you know that's that's nothing that we don't have ambition to do that it's made it a lot more difficult but we understand that there are two or three other organizations in town and they do an excellent job at that we don't want to compete with that we want to 
uh, celebrate that by having their players on the, the, the top tier of the local team. Um, so we hope that that, that relationship also continues uh, throughout the, the process here. But I think that's an important aspect of it because, again, a lot of these other clubs, you have that built in, right? 400 families that are built in. We don't, we don't even have that. So we continue to just make relationships and make people feel welcome that they can be a part of this and grow this together. And actually, that's a really good point, Chris. So I'm going to uh, – that wasn't – it turns out that wasn't the last question. Um, follow up on that because I think there's a model where a lot of independent youth academies then start an adult amateur club uh, and have those academies feel, feed the adult amateur clubs, particularly in Florida. Maybe – Maybe in other parts of the country too, but particularly in South Florida, that's the model. Um, yeah. These things start out as youth academies, and then they stick a uh, adult amateur on, on top of that. That kind of ends up being a deterrent to working with other clubs and finding players. And, I, and I've heard lots of complaints about this. So you've actually hit on something that I, I, I've uh, I've really kind of uh, worked tried to work through. So. How does not having a youth academy actually enhance your relationship with the there are multiple youth academies in Tallahassee? Uh, does that give you kind of the outlet where they want to showcase their players, their academy graduates through your club? Yeah, you know, I, I would hope so. I think we've had a little bit of growing pains because, again, I think anytime um, something new comes into your uh, niche, you, you maybe question some folks and we've been questioned. But we, I try to make sure folks understand that we really have no intention of ever kind of starting anything lower than a high school level program because um, it was always our intention to really celebrate, like I said, uh, those players from these other academies. And I would hope that the, the goal was always that these academies would also say, hey, man, look at our player uh, that, that is thriving in the NPSL with, with the Tallahassee Soccer Club. And he came through our system. Um, that was the model for me because, I mean, again, if, if this is a community club, we can't, we got to put egos aside, uh, and we have to work this together as a community. It can't just be us saying, we know every answer, uh, and we are the best and and whatever, you know, we, we can't get into that. And so I think that that has also helped us a little bit, but I definitely see, um, some of the positives of having your own your own whole system um, that they have at other clubs, and then you're get, you know almost guaranteed to have some folks coming out. But uh, we'll continue to make, uh, pick up here and uh, make people feel welcome, and and hopefully make sure that our vision is is clarified and, and crystal uh, that we want to build a community club for local players to participate, um, and hopefully we continue to do that. Yeah, thank you for that, Chris. And where can uh, people find Tallahassee SC online, find your games, find you guys on social media, and become a member of the club? Yeah, well, thank you very much for uh, having me a part of the first ever uh, podcast, man. I look forward to watching this grow. Uh, I will say you can find us everywhere at TLH Soccer Club on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our website, TLHSoccerClub.com. We invite you all to be members even if you're out of town, you help support our vision and our mission. And your season tickets will be donated to some of the Boys and Girls Clubs and Big Brothers, Big Sisters members, some nonprofits that we work with here locally. And, uh, again, we thank everyone and uh, wish everyone a great new year. I think this is airing in January, so 
um, everyone. We uh, look forward to seeing you all throughout the year. Great. Thanks.